Welcome to Damn Good Movie Memories with your host, Ryan Davis. This podcast is the cure for your long commute and super boring work day. monkey business all right and believe me carrie never had so much fun in his life want to know why well just look at what goes into this monkey business there's a generous helping of ginger ginger rogers that is a dash of charles coburn for a chaser plenty of marilyn monroe for spice and someone to see that things shape up properly uh, scientifically of course i've done a lot of experimenting with this kind of thing you can come in now if you are not too busy <laughs> Miss Laura was just showing me her acetates. It all began when Rudolph, the chimp, discovered the formula for eternal youth that makes people grow younger and younger and younger. Edwina, what I have to tell you is unbelievable. Oh? Oh, well, I'll start at the beginning. Edwina? At 11.52 this morning, I took a dose of the formula. And in a few minutes, I began to behave exactly like a college boy. Well, all set. Is your motor running? Is yours? <laughs> Takes a while to warm up. Does me too. By the way, whose lipstick is it? Uh, what's her name? You, you know, Oxley's secretary. Oh, you mean that little pin-up girl, huh? Very cute. Sort of, but half-infant. <laughs> Not the half that's visible. Hi, Dr. Fulton. Hi. What'd you say to her? Mrs. Fulton, he said hi. I heard what he said, you peroxide-kissing bug. Edwina, she didn't do anything. I'll pull that blonde oh. hair off by its black roots. Edwina, please. Edwina, come stop on, it. Come on, Miss Laura, you keep out of the way. It's Brian Davis, and for this week's movie, we're going to cover Monkey Business from 1952. The studio was 20th Century Fox. The release date was September 5th, 1952. The running time was 97 minutes, and it was in black and white. As with a lot of old movies, I have no idea what the budget was, nor the box office. Leonard Maldon in his classic movie guide gives it 3 out of 4 stars, and his quick little synopsis is... Cary Grant discovers a rejuvenation serum, which affects him, his wife, Ginger Rogers, his boss, Charles Coburn, and his secretary, Marilyn Monroe, in this zany comedy. Coburn's classic line to Monroe, find someone to type this, is written by Ben Heck, Charles Ladere, and I.A.L. Diamond. That's Howard Hawks' voice during the opening credits. Rotten Tomatoes gives it 88% fresh from 25 reviews. 
So I'm sure this movie often gets mistaken for the Marx Brothers classic from 1931, which shares the same title, and it's also a screwball comedy. However, once I saw this film in my late 20s, this immediately became one of my favorite classic comedies. I always love Cary Grant and Ginger Rogers, and while the film sort of gets marketed now as a Marilyn Monroe film because she appears on the revised movie posters and DVD covers, uh, she's really just a supporting actor in the film, though she does a great job with her role. All right, let's get into the main cast. Of course, you have Cary Grant playing Dr. Barnaby Fulton. Grant was already a huge star at this point in his career, so audience flocked to whatever new film he appeared in. Uh, Though Grant commented at the time he was getting a bit tired of playing, quote, Cary Grant because he'd been doing it for 20 years of of being in successful films. Some notable films that he was in prior to Monkey Business included Bringing Up Baby, Gunga Din, His Girl Friday, The Philadelphia Story, which we also did, Suspicion, Arsenic and Old Lace, Notorious, great Hitchcock film, The Bachelor and the Bobby Soxer, and Mr. Blandings Builds His Dream House, who some people might know, the remake with Tom Hanks and Shelley Long called The Money Pit. Ginger Rogers plays Edwina Fulton, and if you didn't know, I mean, Rogers became a huge star in the 1930s as part of the dance film duo with Fred Astaire, Fred and Ginger. She, they appeared in a number of uh, very popular musicals, and they started nine movies together before Ginger Rogers decided that she wanted to appear in more dramatic roles. And this proved to be a terrific career choice for her, as she's one of the top actresses of the 1940s, and then earned an Oscar for Best Actress for Kitty Foyle. Charles Coburn plays Oliver Oxley, and he was always a great comedic character actor, usually playing a stodgy old businessman. He appeared in two films with Ginger Rogers in the 1930s, Vivacious Lady and Bachelor Mother, and he continued to work steadily in the 1940s and was nominated for Best Supporting Actor for the film The Devil and Miss Jones. He was also nominated for The More, The Merrier, and The Green Years. I mentioned before Marilyn Monroe is in the film, and she plays the character Lois Laurel. So once Monroe died in 1962, all of her past work, even smaller roles, really became of interest to the movie going public. And Monroe really didn't hit it big until after Monkey Business with 1952's Niagara with Joseph Cotton and then 1953's Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, where she co-starred with Jane Russell. So her role in this movie as Lois was her typical ditzy type of role she was mostly typecast for. The director was Howard Hawks, and at this point, Hawks was one of the top directors in Hollywood. He established himself in the business directing films since the 1920s. Some of his most notable films leading up to monkey business include the original Scarface from 1932, Bringing Up Baby, His Girl Friday, Sergeant York, and To Have and Have Not. He was also directing The Big Sleep, Red River, and The Original Thing from Another World. All right, let's get into the movie. The movie starts off with a kind of a playful bit where Cary Grant opens a door a few times only to have the narrator say, not yet, Cary. So right off the bat, the movie makers are kind of breaking the fourth wall, as they say. Dr. Barnaby Folden, of course, that's Cary Grant, is married to Edwina, and that's Ginger Rogers, and Grant plays kind of an absent-minded professor of sorts. He doesn't seem to be able to do normal things like remembering to lock his front door, mostly due to having his scientific experiments on his mind at all times. So Grant is a chemist trying to find cures for aging, and his test subjects are lab monkeys. Hank, played by Hugh Morrow, plays Grant's friend, and he's frustrated that Grant cares more about work than enjoying his life. 
Marl actually looks a lot like George Siegel. And I always thought Siegel, uh, as a young man, he, that was him when I first saw this movie, but it isn't. So you might remember Marlowe as Lloyd Richards in All About Eve, and then he also played Tom Stevens in The Day the Earth Stood Still. In any case, it's obvious Marlowe has a thing for Ginger Rogers as he wanted to marry her when they were younger, but she married Cary Grant instead. So right off the bat, you can kind of see a plot point arising, and that is, you know, the absent-minded professor forgets about his wife over his work while the old flame hangs around for a chance to swoop in at some point. Grant goes to work the next morning, and we get to see Marilyn Monroe as Lois Laurel, a secretary for the company. Again, I think many folks who are looking to watch all of Marilyn Monroe's movies discover this film just for that reason, without realizing that her role isn't that large, as the stars were really Cary Grant and Ginger Rogers. However, she does make her mark with her humor as a beautiful but somewhat ditzy character. Just a moment, please. Good morning. Oh, Dr. Fulton, Mr. Oxley would like to see you in his office. Thank you. Good morning, Dr. Fulton. Good morning. Aren't you here early? Oh, yes. Mr. Oxley's been complaining about my punctuation, so I'm careful to get here before nine. Mr. Oxley's on the telephone. Won't you sit down? Uh, I'm glad we have a moment. I have something I want to show you. For instance? Isn't it wonderful? I beg your pardon? The new non-rip plastic stockings you invented. Oh, the M41 acetate project. This is an experimental pair. The first pair out of the factory. Aren't you proud? Turned out rather well. I'll say you can't tear them or snag them or anything. Oh, I'm familiar with the problem. No matter how hard you try. You'd be amazed, Doctor. Oh, no, I wouldn't be amazed. I've done a lot of experimenting with this kind of thing. Because I'm through with all of that now. Uh, uh, Mr. Oxley, Dr. Fulton's here. Good morning, sir. Good morning. You can come in now. Thank you. If you're not too busy. Well, Miss Laura was just showing me her acetates. Yes, sir. No calls, please. Yes, sir. Mr. Oxley, Dr. Lenton's on the phone. I told him you were busy, but he says it's very important. Who is he? Well, he's Dr. He's my new assistant. Oh, yes. Oh, just a moment, Miss Laurel. Find someone to type this. Oh, Mr. Oxley, can't I try again? No, it's very important. Better find someone to type it for you. Yes, sir. Anybody can type. Grant seems oblivious to Monroe's beauty and kind of naive flirting, but it makes for fun plot points. Oliver Oxley is Charles Coburn, and he's Grant's boss, and the owner of the company is really pushing for Grant to find this elixir for uh, the anti-aging potion. So Grant and Coburn believe that one of the older monkeys named Rudolph, who was around 84 human years, took the potions and is now, you know, acting like a young chimp. He's swinging around like he's found the fountain of youth. And that's what Grant's discovery turns out to be. Not anti-aging, but a complete reversal of aging going back to the recipient's younger years. However, as it turns out, it was a false alarm because the chimp in question was indeed a younger chimp mislabeled, and it was really Esther. But we know something is going on, and likely this is just a MacGuffin in the plot to keep you guessing. Your formula will have the same effect in humans. Yes, it's the greatest thing in modern science. Sit down with we intend to discontinue every other product in the plant. We'll turn out before and nothing but before. I'd like to offer myself as the first human to try it. Mr. Oxley, that may be dangerous. I'm perfectly willing to take that chance. Oh, but this isn't Rudolph. What? But, but no, no, no. This, this, this chimpanzee is only six months old. 
Rudolph is a male. This is a female. Barnaby, are you sure? Well, reasonably. She's wearing Rudolph's jacket. But this is Esther. Here, hold on to Esther, will you please? Look, I'll prove it to you. Now, now there's Rudolph with Esther's number on. Well, I suppose the janitor gave them a bet and Swiss jackets by mistake. Yes, well, I, well, I suppose that's the way it happened, Mr. Barnaby. I certainly feel that now. Well, personally, I, I'm, really, I'm glad it happened. Now, you're expecting too much from that formula. Before, Mr. Oxley, perhaps it's the name that's confusing you. Okay, just let me work in the laboratory for a couple of hours. I'll be better able to prove what the formula will do. Well, let me know when you're ready. And let's have no more of these false alarms. They certainly take it out of a man. Come along, Miss Laurel. What a ridiculous way to start a day. So Esther gets out of her cage and starts mixing random chemicals together that Grant had left out on the table. She then drinks the mixture of chemicals. She then takes the rest of the beaker and dumps it into the water cooler that is left tankless after the janitor came in earlier. The janitor finds Esther out of her cage while bringing in another water tank. He then puts her back in the cage and then puts the water jug into the cooler. Of course, this just means the chemicals are now mixed in the water in the cooler. Grant comes back into the room and drinks the elixir he created, but then decides to wash it down what, what he thinks is just water from the cooler. And he doesn't realize that Esther spiked the cooler with additional chemicals. So almost immediately, Grant starts to feel strange. His symptoms include dizziness, and his vision becomes cloudy. And as it turns out, he can now see perfectly once he removes his glasses, which are incredibly thick. He now has 20-20 vision, and he doesn't need glasses. He no longer has bursitis in his arm, and he is doing cartwheels. Quickly, Grant feels like a kid again, along with his attitude, which becomes increasingly childlike. Grant then decides to go into town. He gets a haircut, a new suit, and a new car. Coburn instructs Monroe to find Grant to find out what he's doing, and she finds him at a car lot, and Grant decides to take his hot rod for a wild ride around town with Monroe. They end up roller skating and then swimming. They're basically like teenagers on a date. To be honest with you, Dr. Fulton, I don't think either you or Mrs. Fulton are going to be happy for this type of car. It isn't exactly what you had in mind. Yeah. Well, you're perfectly right. Let's take off the fenders. No, I'm sorry. We can't do that, Doctor. It's against the state law. Ah, it's too bad. Well, say, you don't happen to have a beaver tail anywhere around, do you? I... Hello, Miss Lowell. Oh, hello, Dr. Fulton. Hi. Hi. I'm so glad I found you. No, I found you. Pick a finger. Dr. Fulton. Oh, you know that one? Yeah. Oh, what a pity. Mr. Oxley sent me. He wants to see you right away. Oh, well, hop in the bus. I'll get you there in a hurry. Is this your car? Sure. Gee, it's a handy. Well, it takes one to know one. <laughs> oh, Mr. Peabody, would you get that soup box out of my own car, please? Well, all set? Is your motor running? Is yours? Here you are, Doctor. Oh, thank you, Mr. Peabody. Just mail me the bill. Certainly. It takes a while to warm up. That's me, too. <laughs> well, watch your head. I'll watch everything else. Oh, Dr. Fulton, this is fun. What about Mr. Oxley? The plant's back that way. I know. We're going to circle the field, so fasten your safety belt, no smoking.
o'clock. She'll be good as new by five o'clock. Five o'clock? Oh, we can do lots of things by then. Can't we? Sure, Doc. Come on. You skate much, Doc? Oh, not lately. But don't worry, I'll show you how. I know, I'm terribly sorry, but I'm afraid I can't see. Would, would you be good enough to park the car for me, please? Sure, I will. Thank you. So it's kind of like that Grant is in another world and doesn't realize what he's doing. He sort of thinks Monroe is like a younger version of his wife. And then the potion wears off and he's back to his regular self again. That night, Grant decides to do another experiment, but with a bigger dose, but this time, Ginger Rogers is around to make sure nothing goes wrong. And then Rogers decides to take the potion herself, much to the horror of Grant. Of course, neither one of them realize that the initial potion won't work without the cocktail that the monkey, Esther, created, that it's mixed in, you know, with water from the cooler. So after drinking the first potion, which tastes bitter, the immediate reaction is to then quickly drink water to remove the aftertaste. They also think that the water is also tasting bitter, but then they think it's just a reaction to the first potion. You with me? All right. 
So Rogers has the same crazy effect as Grant did, but now it's even more powerful because she drank more. And this leads to her playing kid pranks on Charles Coburn, like putting live fish in his pants or putting a cream pie on his chair as he sits down. Mm. Pulse around 150. Just the same as mine was. There doesn't seem to be any fever. Outside of being somewhat embarrassed, I feel exceedingly well. What reaction do you expect, Barnaby? Well, I don't quite know. I suppose it depends upon the individual. With you, it took the form of thinking as though you were 20. Oh, that's true. Keep still that way now. That's a good girl. What was Mrs. Fulton like at that age? Huh? Hmm. Well, Edwina was a very serious-minded student. She majored in economics and took several summer courses in ichthyology and cooking. Ichthyology? Hmm. The study of fish. Jerome said your first symptoms was your eyes. Your vision became perfect. Oh, that's true, Miss Doctor, but you can't count upon that. You see, Edwina's vision is already perfect. It will probably take an entirely different form. My dear, do you feel anything strange? Not a thing. How about you, Mr. Oxley? Oh, but I haven't taken anything. Oh, yes, you have, Mr. Oxley. You hear that, Barnaby? A rather odd reaction. Undoubtedly, we can expect something soon. We certainly can. She's sitting very still. Is it possible there's not enough movement? Well, if there isn't, there soon will be. I can hardly wait for the results. This is quite a moment. That's it, Oxley. Watch him, Barnaby. Watch him. It's working. It's working. It's working. You hear what she said, Barnaby? It's taking effect. Something wrong, Barnaby. Well, what's the matter, sir? I don't know. Oh, well, perhaps the excitement's been too much for you. Perhaps you ought to sit down, Mr. Oxley. No, no, no. Calm yourself, Mr. Oxley. Now, take your time, Mr. Oxley. That's better. Take your time and sit down. Oh, my. Oh, my. Give me a piece of pie. Eat. I give a piece of pie. Uh, I think we ought to go now. Give me a piece of pie. No, I think we ought to go, yes. Give me a piece of pie. Barnaby, where are you going? Oh, I'll be right back, Mr. Oxley. Yes, yes, yes. Hi, Dr. Fulton. Hi. What did you say to her? Mrs. Fulton, he said hi. I heard what he said, you peroxide-kissing bug. Edwina, she hasn't done anything. I'll pull that blonde hair out by its black roots. Edwina, now come along. Miss Laura, you Put keep out of the way. Edwina, Edwina, now stop Put it. Mr. Oxley, I'll be right back. Put him up. So Ginger wants to go dancing like she's back with Fred Astaire, and this is actually a super fun scene as she's dancing like a teenager while Grant has no idea what to do and is physically exhausted while she's full of energy. Let's not waste time. Let me take the bags on up to the room. Darling, it's 11 o'clock. I've had a very rough day. Oh, Barney, you promised. Uh, oh, 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 oh. Just put the keys in the room, bring me the bags, and I'll... Uh, oh, oh, oh.
I can never be mad or unhappy when I hear it. I just want to be near you. Yes, dear. Barney, waltz, waltz, waltz. Yes, dear. So when the energy effects wear off for Rogers, she becomes irrational and looks to fight with Cary Grant over anything he mentions. She almost turns into an adolescent, which means the effect of the potion makes them even younger than they planned. There's a funny scene where Rogers locks out Grant and he can't find his glasses and ends up falling into the laundry chute. The next morning, Rogers is back to normal, not realizing what she did. However, Hank is trying to break you know, them up as a couple so that he can rekindle his romance with Ginger Rogers. So Hank claims that Grant beat Rogers to her mother in order to cause a rift between the two, and Hank's ploy doesn't work. So because of the crazy side effects, Grant decides to destroy the formula. Unfortunately, nobody realizes that the formula is in the water cooler, which again was created by Esther the monkey. Rogers makes a pot of coffee by using the water from the cooler, and they both end up being dosed again. This time, their excursions get even crazier. Both Grant and Rogers are now mentally the equivalent of a 10-year-old, which means they are like crazy kids in adult bodies. Rogers blows bubbles with her gum while meeting with Coburn, and Rogers also decides to shoot Monroe in the butt with a slingshot, which Monroe thinks that it's Charles Coburn, and then that uh, Cary Grant also pinched her and then slaps them both. The scenes are pure screwball comedy at its finest. Coburn asks how much Grant wants to sell his formula, and Grant replies, a zillion dollars and a nickel. Rogers, in the meantime, writes Barnaby Loves and Weena on the chalkboard in the conference room. The two end up chasing each other around the office like, well, kids. And it's really funny to see two actors really let loose. It's almost like Tom Hanks in the movie Big. Then Ginger Rogers and Cary Grant find cans of paint at a house while walking down the street, and that leads to both of them splattering paint on each other. Then the two find a group of kids playing cowboys and Indians and decide to join in on the fun. Are kids even allowed to play this game anymore? <laughs> what do you want us to do with a bad man, Red Eagle? Yeah, Red Eagle, tell us. Well, first we stop his car and then capture him. Then what do we do with him? That's time to escape, and then burn him! Yeah. Yeah, and burn him good. That won't work. Uh, who said that? I did. Oh, you? Huh. Why won't it work? Somebody will stop us the minute we light a fire. They always do. Yeah, that's right. What do you say, Red Eagle? Well, that's time to a stake and scalp him. That's it. You mean for real? Sure. Can't scallop anybody unless you do a war dance first. Oh, well, just a minute. I, I'll... Now, now, remember that. You two braves... Can't scallop anybody unless you do a war dance first. He's right, Red Eagle. Well, we can scalp him, can't we? You have to do a war dance first. So the little kid with the hilarious voice is George Winslow and appeared in a really funny movie called Mr. Scoutmaster with Clifton Webb. There's even a quick cameo of a very young Kathleen Freeman. Remember her in the, as the Penguin in the Blues Brothers? Uh, she plays Cary Grant's next-door neighbor. The rest of the movie is just madcap zaniness in its finest form, and of course, there's a happy ending, but I'm not going to give it away since the road to the ending is terrific. This is definitely a great comedy to check out if you're a fan of any 
of the three main actors. All right, one quick fun fact. Marilyn Monroe was a huge fan of Cary Grant when she was growing up, and as a foster child, she had many posters of him on her wall. All right, we have our resident classic movie lover, and that is Samantha on for the podcast, and she enjoys this movie as well, and I talked to her about her thoughts on the film. And I will be back next week to discuss another random movie from my DVD collection. Okay, we're back with Samantha. Welcome back. Oh, thank you. Okay, so... You're kind of our go-to movie person when it comes to classic films. Yeah. <laughs> and so I wouldn't say I'm an expert, but well, we're none of us are experts. No, so but it's, it's, yeah. it's a, I love them. Mm-hmm. And that's I guess the point, right? Well, that actually brings up a good point. Before we get into it, what about classic, especially Ooh. like black and white movies? That why Ooh. does that why is that comfort food for you? I think for me, maybe it's more of a not an academic thing, but I really like history. Mm -hmm. So I've always liked old movies because you can just see that little glimpse into the past. And I like seeing how just everybody behaved and looked. Um, But also I think the plots themselves are, you know, they're the originals, right? So everything we watch nowadays, it's, derived from something sure. and I think like the foundational like original old Hollywood movies they are just awesome because like this was the first time these were ever done right so it was new at the time and or they came from plays yeah or, the Broadway, plays, yeah. Mm-hmm. or maybe like an adaptation of an old silent exactly film or something so yeah I just like that and the the, the simple the simple aspect of some of them yeah it's they're just a lot of them too they're it's like dialogue focused and there's not like a bunch of crazy action or anything it's just actors acting Mm -hmm. with kind of that old school and then when there were stunts you knew they were actually doing the stunts because they couldn't afford to do special effects yeah yeah but i'm trying to like think about when i really got into old movies and i think it was when I, I, I've always watched them, but I think it was more when I was in high school when I was getting more into, like, learning about film. Right. And I've always been, like, a big fashion, like, right. fashion history mm-hmm. person. So I got, I was really big into, like, um, classic Hollywood actresses yeah. and looking at all of their clothing and stuff. So, yeah, the movies are so fun. Um, there's a few great little moments in monkey business yeah oh well let's get right into it so what what are your favorite moments of monkey business um well the whole it's such a nonsensical silly movie oh totally one of my favorite things it's just kind of a really great example of that kind of little sassy like old hollywood charm Mm -hmm. where today it would be done differently but um it starts out at the beginning with um barnaby and Mm -hmm. Ginger Rogers' name in the movie. I can't remember, but... Edwina. Edwina, that's right. How could I forget? <laughs> yeah, they're totally not Edwina like common names. They're, yeah. they're at home, and they decide to stay home from the party. Yeah. And so she, instead of, um, like, 
just putting her apron on, she takes like the top of her dress off yeah. and like puts her big apron on over it. Mm -hmm. And so she's walking around like from the front, it looks like she has a dress on, but then from the back, you can tell she has like nothing underneath. Right. And then their like lawyer friend comes over mm -hmm. and then Cary Grant keeps like trying to cover her up right. with like a towel. <laughs> well, that's and, another part of the plot point. Yeah. The, the lawyer friend really had a thing uh -huh. for her back in the day. So, yeah. yeah. But I was just, I love that whole like scene mm -hmm. of, they're in their like little vintage 1950s kitchen and she has her crazy yes. apron on but at the same time it's kind of like funny and you know today it would be done I think in a raunchier way oh totally you know yeah. but it was very like ooh, giggle giggle yeah. for the time right um but, and that's what's also great about the older films is the more innuendo yes yeah. that's the word I'm looking yeah. for <laughs> where it's more like charming and cute and you have to really kind of catch it. Yeah. Um, things aren't done so obviously mm -hmm. and it kind of keeps everything a little like um, a little sweeter. Yeah, and it's fun. Like, yeah, yeah. you have to pay more attention fun. more. Yeah. Uh -huh. So what are the other favorite scenes from, from this film? Um, I really liked going, yeah, moving forward a bit in the plot. Mm -hmm. um, well, of course, um, Barnaby's like crazy day out. Yeah. That whole sequence was fun where he goes and he decides he wants a new car, a new mm -hmm. wardrobe. <laughs> yeah. It's a good little like makeover sequence, mm -hmm. but. And he's hanging there. out with Mar his, yeah, Marilyn Monroe at the Marilyn time. Yeah. Monroe and I can't really like put a finger on what her character's supposed to be. Yeah. Like, is she, does she have a thing for him mm -hmm. or is she just very like, um, She's kind of naive. Yeah, yeah. naive. Yeah. And, but it's it's funny. And yeah, she just kind of hangs out with him for the day. Sure, let's go yeah. to the pool. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny. I, as it turned out, she had a huge thing because Cary Grant's older. Yeah. He's probably 25, yeah. 30 years older. Yeah. And, and uh, she always had a thing for him growing oh, up. Like I she didn't had his posters that. on her wall oh, and, and everything. So that's so. a huge starstruck. Oh, moment. totally. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's a good little trivia. Because she was probably in her early 20s. Yeah. yeah. She was yeah. really young. And I think he was in his late 40s yeah. at this point. Um, but I love that sequence. They're driving around in the car. He wrecks it. Mm -hmm. um, and the his little outfit that he gets is so. I think people wouldn't really notice, but that haircut that he gets yeah. is like, you know, the younger, yeah. the younger hairstyle for the time and mm -hmm. his little like plaid boxy jacket. Yes. <laughs> he's not the like zany, zany scientist anymore. Right. Um, so yeah, that, that, I think that scene and then it parallels later when Edwina mm -hmm. takes the potion or whatever they call it, the formula. Yeah. And then she kind of reverts into her like silly, yeah, silly like, schoolgirl self. Exactly. And yeah. I think both were really well done. Mm -hmm. um, she's really fun. Like when she's, yeah. she even talks like a little kid uh -huh. and then she's got the, the slingshot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. is, yeah. I think um, Ginger Rogers, I, I haven't really seen her like later films. Mm -hmm. um, I've just seen most of her random yeah. like dance movies so and i think most people know her for that yeah. um and those never had plots that were that great yeah. it was only for the song and dance yeah. but watch uh, the major and the minor uh, okay. and actually it's kind of ironic because she actually plays she's supposed to play a kid mm -hmm. and that even though it comes <laughs> if you watch it in today's eyes it may okay. come off as weird but it's actually really well okay. done with rainbow land okay. yeah okay i'll have to watch that yeah. because i i liked her role here because she has a great little comedic um, comedic skill yeah. and kind of changing from at the beginning, like a little, you know, 
they, they were both funny, yeah. like, as people and characters. You could tell, like, oh, when they were younger, they were probably fun. And yeah. then when they both kind of undergo the changes. Um, so, yeah, I really liked her scenes later, and especially mm. when they're at the hotel and she finally gets a chance to dance. Yes. So, oh, yeah, of oh, course. there's the star moment. Yeah. Um, but that was really cute. And But she's dancing like she was a teenager. Yeah, type, but yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and he's getting tired. And then she totally freaks out at the end uh-huh. uh, or when they get home because... Yeah, they, yeah, well, they're still in the hotel. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and, that's right, yeah. Uh-huh. And he, they, like, he's really tired and she goes back and then she just basically starts having a meltdown. Right. Like an emotional <laughs> meltdown that makes no sense. Yeah, it's like it's, a teenager. Yeah, yeah, it's like, oh, my God, a 14-year-old. Yeah. And, yeah, she starts crying and then she starts calling people yeah. and locks it, him out. Yeah, she and, calls her mom, I think, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. And the her, like... The lawyer, yeah, who of used course. to be her, like, or I don't know if they dated or whatever, but he had yeah. a thing for her, and yeah, so that kind of makes a mess. And, and that's then, a common trope, like with a friend that's still the friend that's yeah. still trying to get the girl, yeah, type of thing. yeah, even though yeah. they've been married for a while. I know, so, yeah. I know, and it's like, oh, I think they're fine, yeah, but he still thinks he has a chance. The other great actor is uh, Charles Coburn, who plays the boss, yeah. like, the, he's, he's, he's in a lot of those movies mm-hmm. as the same type of character, yeah, yeah, um. He's funny, and then, yeah, at the end too, mm-hmm. he he drinks a bit of it. Yeah, right. Like all the people at the end, they drink it, and yeah, the plot's ridiculous in the sense yeah. that basically the monkey, the monkey is the the test monkey is really the one that came up with the potion. Mm-hmm. They have no idea why yeah. it's doing that. Yeah, and then put it in the water. So yeah. every time they drink the water. Mm-hmm. All the crazy stuff happened. And yeah, it make you know it makes no sense. It's like, almost like a oh, Disney movie in some, like an old is. Disney movie. Yeah, yeah, because mm-hmm. yeah. like, oh, my eyesight, I can see perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> but it's yeah, if you can suspend your disbelief, mm-hmm. it's a cute plot. And so, when did you? How did you even discover this movie? Or was it like TCM or something? I like think that? it was a TCM yeah. find. Yeah. Um, and then I watched it. I think I watched it. Just a few months ago, I it came up. Oh, it could have even been like Christmas time. I mm. feel like I like just watch a ton of old movies mm-hmm. during the holidays. Um, but yeah, I watched it a few months ago, and then I watched it again um, right before mm-hmm. this. So um, yeah, it still held up. Like it's funny. Like I had a few laugh out loud moments. Totally. Yeah. Um, and but it's not super long either. It keeps up a really good pace mm-hmm. and it is ridiculous, but yeah, all the, the jokes are funny and the characters are pretty unique mm-hmm. and the monkeys also the are monkeys very are well cute. trained. Yep. <laughs> which is incredible. I wanna know how they did that because it looked like things were done in like Ooh. single takes. Exactly. And the monkey was just mixing things together. Yep. And he would they were wearing little tennis shoes, yeah, <laughs> which is something to look out for. It was very yeah, cute. that's a good call. Yeah, it was like oh, a lot, a lot going on. Yeah, for of, like that type of yeah. movie. Yeah, you bring up a good point about comedies. I, anything more than ninety minutes is like a waste for a mm-hmm. comedy, and so that's something that today's every movie's two hours now. Too long. Yeah, I love a good like ninety minute exactly. comedy. Yeah, where it moves fast. Mm-hmm. There are you know it's snappy. And like in monkey business, there were kind of a few, like, I would say, like pauses in the plot where it Mm -hmm. slowed down a bit and some like heart to heart moments, but generally it moved really fast. And I think 
real time what it was like maybe a day or two yeah easily yeah, um yeah. in their in their time so yeah yeah i think that's all you need is just a quick yeah quick 90 minutes and yeah a small cast too i think that yeah. helps i like that mm-hmm. mostly when they're like you have your two main characters and mm-hmm. then a couple of really great um like supporting cast. supporting yeah. cast members i think these are my favorite types of comedies oh my too that like Either the the married couple or the couple, and they get into you know silly hijinks. Sure. Um, and I think a lot of people probably the only reason they know this movie is because of Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. Like they go back and want to see all of her films, but really yeah. she is just supporting cast. Like she's she, yeah. supporting cast, but she's really really great. Like she does shine. Mm-hmm. Like her first like scene when she, I think she's like sitting at her desk yeah. and then it's like oh there's Marilyn Monroe yeah. and then she has to go and show um Barnaby her like stockings right because I guess he invented them and then he's like just so oblivious yeah. and like doesn't care yeah. so he's like oh yeah look at those yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's a typical tropes but she plays yeah. that she's always played that character mm-hmm. well and yeah. so yeah that's... yeah yeah yeah, it's very, it's, like, natural and... Not that much different than some like it hot. Like, yeah, you know? yeah, so. yeah, yeah, definitely. So, Samantha recommends you check it out. I, I rec- recommend so. you check it out. Yeah, yeah, it's not, I think, super well-known, but mm-hmm. it's a fun watch. I watched it free on YouTube. There you go. Um. So... And, and it's a good movie for Cary Grant yeah, and Ginger Rogers, if yeah, you haven't... Yeah, Cary Grant, yeah. because... You get, he did these kind of comedies when he was younger and then. um, Yeah, they're screwball comedies. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, It reflects a lot toward there, but you see him kind of playing more of a kind of uptight, older professor. Yeah. But he's still a little goofy. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, yeah. Especially when he has to break out. Yeah. 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 Cool. Well, thank you, Samantha. You're welcome. (laughs) Until next time. Until next time. Hey, this is Brian Davis, and you might know me from the Damn Good Movie Memories podcast. And now, get ready for the Bad Beat Show on ThatMetalStation.com from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern every Wednesday night. I'm going to play some kick-ass hard rock inspired by the blues, because after all, the foundation of all things rock and metal is, of course, the blues. So join me every Wednesday night for the Bad Beat, because even when you lose, you still win. We are officially on Spotify now, so if you don't use iTunes, if you don't use the Podbean app, you can go to Spotify and get all of our past episodes. You can stream it on there, so if you're a Spotify user, you can go find Damn Good Movie (laughs) I can't even say my own podcast. Damn Good Movie Memories. Yes, I know what I'm talking about. I'm the host, right? Okay, so go to Spotify, look for Damn Good Movie Memories. You can stream all of that stuff, and yeah, so if you don't want to use iTunes, you don't want to use Podbean, you can use Spotify as well. All right, before we sign off, we do have t-shirts are available for sale. All you have to do is go to tpublic, that's T-E-E-P-U-B-L-I-C.com, and you can get your very own Damn Good Movie Memories t-shirt. You can get all sizes, any gender. You can get whatever you want just at the tip of your fingers. So just go to tpublic.com, look up Damn Good Movie Memories, and you can get your very own t-shirt. 
If you enjoy this podcast and are an iTunes user, please do the show a favor and head on over to the official iTunes page for damn good movie memories. Be sure to leave a rating and a review. This will allow the show to appear higher in the algorithm and spread the joy of this podcast to the masses. If you are not an iTunes user, you can still listen and subscribe on Podbean at damngoodmoviememories.podbean.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook under our Damn Good Movie Memories page. You can also listen to a limited number of episodes on YouTube. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and be sure to tune in next week for an all new episode of Damn Good Movie Memories. I am Dr. Fuck. And I'm the actual alcoholic. And we are part of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. We are the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. That's right. The way you can check us out is we are on iTunes and also Podbean. And we forgot a review recently. I got this review right here. It says right here, it says, Rock and Metal Combat Podcast is the greatest podcast in the world. And it's my number one podcast signed by Science. Now, and then Science also says... Science! Science also said... My second favorite podcast is It Doesn't Matter, The Rest Suck. Rock and Metal Combat Podcast on iTunes and Poppy. Check it out. Science! Are you ready for the hottest new podcast out there? Check out the Vieira Vault featuring none other than Dr. Fuck Ralph Vieira. You will hear personal stories and personal songs from the vault. There ain't nothing else like it. The one, the only, the original Vieira Vault on Podbean, Stitcher.com, and iTunes. Spreaker. God damn it. This is Stephen Michael from the Growing Up Rock Podcast. If you're like me and my co-host, Sonny Hollywood Pooney, you grew up loving hard rock and metal music. Check out our podcast where we talk to bands and artists that help create the soundtrack to our lives, along with playing some killer new and old deep tracks of kick-ass guitar-driven rock and roll. Find us wherever you find your podcast to listen to, That's the Growing Up Rock Podcast, G-R-O-W-I-N-U-P-R-O-C-K. And feel free to hit us up at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Growing Up Rock. So sit back and crank it up.